the pioneer and leader. What's been happening over the last few days, and of course I'm talking about the attacks in Paris, horrific attacks in Paris, attacks on innocent men, women, in some cases children, Uh, a lot of people killed. Uh, last count I've heard was 129 dead, uh, 300 or almost 400 wounded, and some of those wounded are in critical condition and may not make it. All of this done by a coordinated assault by three teams of terrorists, ISIS terrorists, on six different locations. This was well planned. This was well laid out. This had been planned for months, maybe a year, had gone into the planning of this. And as the CIA director said yesterday, they are obviously going to have more stuff in the pipeline. They're preparing to hit more places in Europe and here in the United States. They, their mastery of technology has gotten better. They are now using game consoles, video game consoles, and smartphones to encrypt their communications with each other, which means that the FBI, CIA, Mossad, foreign, other foreign intelligence agencies can't keep up with what's going on. Here in the United States, it was announced this morning, the FBI director had already said they had 900 cases under investigation. Now it, we found out it's about 1,000 people in this country with suspected ISIS sympathies are being monitored by the FBI. That's 1,000 we know about. If we know about 1,000 of them, there's probably at least two or three times that many we don't know about, particularly because we have a wide-open southern border. And people are being allowed to come in that southern border. We don't know where they're coming from. They're not all from Mexico. They're not from all from Guatemala or El Salvador or Nicaragua. I've talked to people on the border when they said that some of the people that are coming in are from Yemen, Somalia, Iran, Iraq, Syria, all countries where there are terrorist groups operating. So everybody recognizes pretty much, except the President of the United States, that we're going to be attacked before long. Now, I say the President of the United States doesn't recognize it. Maybe he does. His actions, and those of John Kerry, and for that matter, Hillary Clinton, after the Paris attacks, have just been unbelievable. I mean, we have a situation where... Obama, the day after the attacks, well, the day before the attacks, actually the day of, earlier in the day, he had told a news organization that, don't worry about ISIS, we've got ISIS contained. And then Paris Paris happens. Well, obviously ISIS is not contained. And Obama comes out and calls this a setback, calls this an action by extremists. 
defends Islam. Says ISIS is not Islam. ISIS calls itself, their name is Islamic State. They call themselves the Islamic State. They identify themselves with Islam. They identify themselves as Muslims. Obama won't do that. Hillary Clinton says she's not going to refer to them as radical jihadists or Islamic extremists because it might hurt somebody's feelings. They're killing us. They're killing Americans in Afghanistan. They're killing our allies in France. They're killing people in Lebanon. All in the name of Allah. I mean, what were these guys shouting when they were shooting up the theater the other night? Allah Akbar. God is great in Arabic. And by the way, did you you see him? You know, here we go with the vast majority of Muslims are, are moderates. They don't believe in this sort of thing. Well, let's look what happened at the soccer game yesterday in Turkey. When Turkey and Greece were playing were play a, a soccer match. And they came on the loudspeakers. The announcer came on the loudspeaker in the stadium and announced that they would have a minute of silence in honor and remembrance of the people killed in Paris. The soccer players and soccer officials all stood silently, but the members of the audience in the stadium, many of whom were Muslim, because this is Turkey, by the way, started yelling, booing during a moment of silence and yelling, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. But there's no threat from Muslims. They're all really good people. Just a few offshoots that are radicals. And then we have John Kerry, who has been a traitor to this country since the war in Vietnam, uh, when he basically supported the North Vietcong, the North Vietnamese, and joined with Jane Fonda in protesting and accused his own fellow soldiers and sailors of committing atrocities when he, in fact, had not been there long enough to have seen any of the things he claimed to have seen. He lied repeatedly. He said on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, 1968, he was in Cambodia on his swift boat on the orders of President Richard Nixon. Well, sorry folks, but in 1968, President Richard Nixon, there was no President Richard Nixon, there was President-elect Richard Nixon. He had been elected a couple of months before, but he did not take office till January. Then the members of the Swift Boat unit said that, number one, they had never been in Cambodia, so Kerry had made up a lie, two lies. Number one, that they had been in Cambodia, and number two, that they were there on the orders of President Nixon. When President Nixon could not have given that order because he didn't become president until January 20th, 1969, when he was sworn in. What does Kerry say about these attacks? Well, calls are calls from Republicans for him to resign. He basically came out and started talking about 
how the attack on the Charlie Hebdo headquarters, remember the magazine that published cartoons depicting uh, the Prophet Muhammad and the Muslims went crazy. You know, you're not supposed to depict both Muhammad at all, much less in a cartoon fashion. You're not supposed to say anything negative about the Muslim religion. And if you do, then you're subject to being killed. Well, in referring to that yesterday, Kerry said that there were legitimate reasons for that attack. And he quickly corrected himself and said, no, there weren't really legitimate reasons, but he understood the rationale behind the attack on Charlie Hebdo headquarters, which killed 12 innocent people, by the way, and was conducted by two Muslim brothers. And Obama, you know, we didn't even send somebody from the White House to the memorial service they had over in France after that. In fact, Obama did basically nothing, said very little about it. But now Kerry says he understands the rationale for that because of the cartoons. But there's no rationale for what happened in Paris the other day. Terrorism is terrorism. You cannot rationalize what's being done. You can't not, not say it. You cannot say it's legitimate, being done for legitimate reasons. It's being done to terrorize. It's being done because these are people who want to destroy the West. They want to destroy Christianity. They want to destroy Judaism. They want to destroy democracies. They want to destroy republics. They want the entire world to come under the rule of radical Islam. Radical Islam believes that women are slaves, believes that the husbands or fathers of women can kill them at will if they feel that they, they have somehow dishonored the family. They believe in Sharia law, which basically says that if someone commits a crime, a Muslim commits a crime, they have to be tried under Sharia law, and there are all kinds of justifications for such crimes, uh, such as honor killings or terrorism, or you've been offended by somebody, or you can kill somebody simply because they're a Christian, and you can kill somebody because they're a Jew, you can kill somebody because they refuse to convert to Islam, all kinds of justifications. And we have Sharia law being pushed in this country. Now, three or four years ago, I started talking on this show about a law that had been introduced in Congress and was sponsored at that point by 81 female members of Congress, the House of Representatives, calling for Sharia law to be banned from being used in federal courts in either criminal or civil cases. At that point, Republicans controlled the House, but didn't control the Senate. So I didn't think it would get passed, but I hoped they would try. I haven't heard anything about that since. Republicans now control the House and the Senate. Let's bring that law to a vote. Let's bring it to a vote and have the Democrats go on record and have people like Nancy Pelosi go on record 
supporting Sharia law. And if it does pass the House and the Senate, let's have Obama go on record as supporting Sharia law. We know he does. Eric Holder, when he was the head of the Justice Department, joined with a civilian civilian plaintiff from CARE, which is the pro-Islamic group here in this country, which has had got ties to terrorist organizations. He joined in a suit against the state of Oklahoma to tell the people of Oklahoma that it was unconstitutional for them to amend their own state constitution to say that Sharia law could not be used. So what happened to that legislation in Congress? I'm going to find out. It needs to be brought up to a vote. Let Obama veto it. Let him show his true colors. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Stay safe from little-known health care and hospital hazards right here every Thursday morning at 9 with me, your hostess, Pat Rulo. Or listen to my podcasts at AmericasWebRadio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Obama's statements in his speech and his during the question and answer session. I don't know if you you watched that, but I, I did, and was just appalled. He got angry at reporters for daring to question him about his strategy to defeat ISIS, which, by the way, doesn't exist. He has no strategy to defeat ISIS. He pays lip service to containing and degrading and then destroying ISIS. But what we're doing is not destroying ISIS. It's not even severely hurting ISIS. Yet the president claims that ISIS is contained despite the attacks in Paris. And anybody that questions him about it, even liberal reporters are now questioning, he is furious with them. You're not supposed to question the Fuhrer. 
You say Heil Hitler or Heil Obama. You don't question the Fuhrer. That's just not done. Not in Obama land. And let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, we are living in Obama land. In response to the attacks on their country and their city, the president of France came out and said, we are at war. We are at war with ISIS. The French have been launching airstrikes ever since against ISIS. The Russians finally came out and admitted that it was, in fact, ISIS that planted a bomb on board their airliner a month ago and killed 224 Russian citizens, including children. So the Russians, who were in Syria primarily to support the Assad regime and launching attacks on moderate rebels who were trying to overthrow Assad, and they're still launching attacks on them, but now they've turned the bulk of their attention, apparently, against ISIS. Yesterday alone, there were 2,000 sorties flown by Russian aircraft against ISIS targets. Since the Paris attacks, have we increased our sorties? No. We're doing the same thing that we've been done doing under this strategy. We're putting our pilots at risk for no gain. Obama doesn't want to kill ISIS fighters. He doesn't want to hurt ISIS fighters. He doesn't want to bring ISIS to its knees. He doesn't care who ISIS attacks. The man commits treason on a daily basis. He provides aid and comfort to the enemy. How are we fighting the war against ISIS? We fly an average of seven sorties a day. Of these sorties, 50% of the time the aircraft return without ever dropping their bombs or firing their, their missiles. Why? Because they are under such strict rules of engagement by the Obama administration. If there is a chance that there might be a civilian anywhere in the vicinity of the target, they cannot get clearance to attack. And that clearance has to go come from the White House. So we have pilots in Syria and Iraq who have to get permission from the White House staff, not from the military chain of command necessarily, but from the White House staff to drop a bomb on an ISIS target. And I've reported before on this show that a lot of the things that are targeted, that are attacked, are empty buildings attacked at night so nobody gets hurt, empty pickup trucks that ISIS uses to transport the military material. But they're attacked while they're parked. They're not attacked while they're full of ISIS soldiers. They're attacked at night while they're empty in their park. So nobody gets hurt. That's a heck of a way to fight a war. You fight a war so nobody gets hurt, except us. 
Nixon's going to be taking this war to ISIS. But they're not ever going to do it just by air power. Eventually, there's going to have to be boots on the ground from somebody. And it will probably be the Russians. Obama's not going to try to stop that. Because that, he hopes will get him off the hook. If the Russians go in after ISIS, he won't be blamed for killing ISIS soldiers. And he will probably hope ultimately that the Russians fail. Because, you know, let's, let's face it, the man, if he's not a Muslim, and I'm not sure he even believes in God, except himself as God, but if he's not a Muslim, he certainly sympathizes with the Muslim cause. And I'm not talking about moderate Islam, if such a thing even exists. I'm talking about radical Islam. I'm talking about extremists. I'm talking about jihadists. He sympathizes with those people. He's made that clear over and over. He makes bizarre comments, bizarre comments about Christians during the prayer breakfast and how about the Christians have been more violent, killed more people than Islam has, has. But he will not criticize the jihadist. So Russia is sort of going to be carrying the water for the rest of the world in this thing, which is dangerous because I don't trust Putin. I don't trust the Russians. I was a military intelligence officer years ago playing games with the Russians. I know about the Russian mentality. And a little lot of them cannot be trusted. But Putin is not doing this for free. Yeah, he has to respond forcefully because of the attack on the Russian plane. But Putin, my theory is that Putin was invited in by Obama and told it was okay to support Assad it was okay to bomb our allies on the ground as long as they did something to contain ISIS. And Obama could disengage and get off the hook. In order to get Putin to do this, Obama sweetened the pot. He offered Putin the Ukraine. Ukraine is a sovereign nation. Putin already invaded Crimea, and the media refers to it as annexing Crimea. No annexation involved. He invaded it. He's got thousands of soldiers inside Ukraine. There have been 7,000 civilians killed in Ukraine since this attack began, and it is an attack. It's not just an uprising of Russians living in Ukraine or Ukrainians who are sympathetic to Russians. This is an all-out attack. The United States has repeatedly said we were going to send supplies and weapons to Ukraine to assist them in fighting the Russians. They're not getting the supplies and the weapons that we promised. They're getting very little in the way of training. 
the Kurds in Iraq have been begging for us to provide them with heavy weapons so they can fight ISIS. We won't give them to them. ISIS has heavy weapons. They got heavy weapons when they overran Iraqi army units and captured tanks, striker vehicles, armored Humvees, artillery mortars, all of which we had given to the Iraqis, which ISIS now has. The Kurds are just asking to be put on the same footing as ISIS, to have heavy weapons. Instead, we supply them with light arms and ammunition and not much of that. We are not fighting a war against ISIS. We are not even prepared to defend our own country against ISIS. I heard earlier today that the FBI is getting very concerned about the upcoming holidays. again as a matter of fact and uh, we just took a lightning strike here uh, Michael I guess you sent the weather over to us yeah I'm sorry about that That's we had right. to get out of Texas somehow so we dumped it on you guys boy I tell you it was that was an I haven't seen a nasty one like that in a while but anyway we're back with Michael Conley and our Constitution Michael we've got about uh, about minute and a half two minutes to go to break okay sounds good well Ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much sums things up, I think. A lightning strike, something that needs to be directed by our own government against our enemies, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not going to happen as long as Obama's in office. we got another year left of this guy. He considers himself to be a dictator. He acts as a dictator. He bypasses Congress. You know, let's let's look at some of the things Obama's done recently. On the day after the Paris attacks, the Paris attacks, Obama used that, all the media attention given there, as cover for releasing five more terrorists from Guantanamo Bay, from Gitmo. Not transferring to a prison somewhere else, releasing them, sending them back to their home countries so they can restart their terrorist activities, so they can reach out to ISIS or they can coordinate with Al-Qaeda or some other terrorist group out there, Hamas or Hezbollah, 
who, by the way, are going to be very well funded now that the so-called Iran Treaty is being put into effect, despite the fact that the Iranians have already violated term, the terms of it. Nothing's going to happen to them. Obama's not going to do anything. Congress is not going to do anything. I'm not sure anybody's going to do anything effective. But let's take a second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, we've been talking about the Paris attacks, obviously, and the aftermath. And what Obama has, you know, he calls it a setback. Please, folks, this is not a setback to his strategy, if the strategy even exists. I think the strategy is not to degrade and destroy. The strategy is to kowtow to and surrender to Islamic jihadists. You know, I just flat say it, I think the man is a traitor. I think he's a traitor, I think John Kerry's a traitor, and I think Hillary Clinton is a traitor. And by the way, did you hear about her, her latest problems? First of all, the director of the FBI is going all, all out to investigate the email situation. <clears throat> the Justice Department may try to shut him down, 
But this man is a dedicated law enforcement official, a Republican who is not going to be shut down. He'll resign and go public if they don't allow him to indict Hillary Clinton. But in the meantime, the Clinton Foundation has amended a bunch of its tax returns, showing that what critics were saying is true, that during her tenure as Secretary of State, the governments that she was dealing with on behalf of the United States, on behalf of you and I, many of those governments were giving millions of dollars to her foundation. Now, I have yet to find out what that foundation does. I mean, they have something like $370 million on him. Who do they give it to? Supposedly it goes for charitable works and education. I haven't seen any indication of that. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where this money is going. I don't think anybody does. But it's coming from foreign sources. And I suspect that some of it is going into her campaign for president. And think about this. And think about how scary this is for the future of our country. The future of our children. We have a president of the United States who is a criminal, who is committing treason, who is violating his oath of office every day, which is a criminal offense under federal law, yet he's allowed to remain in office. Congress has not tried to impeach him. We have a former Secretary of State who has been violating the law for years, who has a real shot at being elected President of the United States by the American people. We have a new Secretary of State who justifies terrorist attacks on innocent civilians, who refuses to call radical Islam what it is, and who committed treason during the Vietnam War. Those are the people that we have representing us. In the Congress, we have people like Harry Reid, who during his time running the Senate, refused to allow the Senate to pass any legislation virtually at all. We didn't have a budget for the whole first six years of Obama's term. Because Harry Reid blocked it. Harry Reid has since been blocking legislation, not even allowing votes. And Mitch McConnell can throw out this cloture rule. Harry Reid did it when it was convenient. But Mitch McConnell doesn't have the guts to do it. So we didn't have a vote on defunding Planned Parenthood. We didn't have a vote on the Iranian treaty. They're not demanding that we have a vote on the U.N. Small Arms Treaty. 
Almost none of the legislation passed by the House of Representatives has been voted on by the U.S. Senate. You and I are being denied our constitutional right to be represented. We live in a constitutional republic. That's a representative form of government. Our voices are supposed to be heard through the representatives and senators that we elect and send to Washington or send to our state legislatures or send to our city councils. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to represent us. But if they're not allowed to vote, then our voices can't be heard and their voices can't be heard. The whole thing, Constitution, has been turned upside down, turned on its ear. And there are Republicans out there who are just as guilty as the Democrats for what's happening. We're talking about the total destruction of our Constitution. And we're talking about not facing our enemies, either home or abroad. Now, I took the oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I took that oath when I entered the United States Army. That oath doesn't expire. The oath is as important to me now as it was when I first raised my right hand and took the oath. It's very similar to the oath taken by all members of Congress all the members of the president's cabinet and the president and vice president. As I pointed out, there are federal laws that say if you violate that oath of office, if you do something to denigrate the Constitution or to destroy our, our, our constitutional form of government, our constitutional republic, then you can be sentenced for each instance do one year in prison and find up to $10,000. That's not happening. Nobody's enforcing that law. So it's going to be up to the American people to start stepping up and demanding from Congress that they do something about what's happening to our country. One of the things that is of immediate concern and this is going to be interesting because it's going to pass the House of Representatives easily and will probably actually be voted on in the Senate because there's some dissenting Democrats out there who, you know, in the past have said they were going to oppose things like the Iranian Treaty but then supported it by not allowing it to come for a vote. Now you have people like Chuck Schumer, uh, coming out and, and uh, Diane Feinstein and, and saying that the refugee program to allow Syrian refugees to be brought into this country up to 10,000. Actually, that's a, the public figure, the actual figure is going to be something like 100,000. But that program needs to be put on hold because of the fact that at least one of the attackers in Paris the other night had come in to Europe using a Syrian passport or a fake Syrian passport, but he had come in under the cover of being a refugee. And he had killed people. And they think that more than one of the people involved had come in 
in a refugee program. Now, Obama comes out and in his usual fashion, the holier-than-thou attitude, I am the Fuhrer, you do not question me, I am the supreme being, you do not question me, you do what I tell you, uh, otherwise there will be repercussions. So Obama comes out and says that if you oppose his refugee program, you are turning your backs on women and children, widows and orphans. But these are the people that are going to be brought in during his program. Well, so far, before what happened in Paris happened, in the last year, there have been 2,200 Syrian refugees brought into this country. Over half of them were men. So obviously they're not just bringing in widows and orphans. Over half of them were men, and most of those men were of fighting age. They were not properly vetted, and the new ones coming in can't be vetted at all. There are no records in Syria. Everything has been destroyed. They don't have digital footprints that we can look at. They don't have arrest records that we can look at. They don't have conviction records. We are not going to know who these people are. We've got governors of states saying, we don't want the refugees in our states. Well, it's going to be an interesting constitutional question raised there, because technically the immigration laws are under the purview of the federal government. But they're under the purview of the Congress, not the president. Yet the president has already violated the Constitution and violated the immigration laws by ordering the Border Patrol not to enforce the laws and by putting five million people in this country illegally on the fast track to citizenship and basically declaring them legal. And I need to brag a little bit here, ladies and gentlemen, because the United States Justice Foundation prepared and filed a brief. And my name is on that brief as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation as lead counsel. Oh, I didn't write the brief. We had our, our legal team of Bill Olson and Herb Titus up in Virginia. They prepared the brief. It's an excellent brief. We filed it in support of the state of Texas and other states who had sued Obama to set aside the amnesty program that he had set up. That suit was won in the lower court, and then we won it in the Court of Appeals. And now we're preparing to fight in the Supreme Court if necessary. But I'm very proud of our legal team. I'm very proud that we were able to do that. It shows that as a legal foundation, we can win victories. And we'll talk more about that after the break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, 
and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Yes, this, this Texas victory was a big one. The case is Texas versus United States. And by the way, and I haven't checked the website to make sure it's still on there, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be. You should be able to access that website and read the brief that we prepared and filed. You can also find it on my Facebook page because I posted a link to it there. So you can, you can go and take a look at the brief because, as I said, it was, it was very well done. And it's one of the things that we at the United States Justice Foundation do. Like that's a big part of our work, is getting involved in constitutional cases involving all areas of the Constitution, the balance of powers, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, Second Amendment, right to keep and bear arms, the Fifth Amendment, due process, the proper representation of us in Congress, the Fourth Amendment, provisions against illegal and irresponsible unreasonable searches and seizures. We're doing all of this. We have filed, all of our briefs are posted on our website, by the way. So you can go there and you can take a look at what we've done just in the last couple of years. Supported traditional marriage in the courts of appeal in the Supreme Court. Fought for the Second Amendment repeatedly. You may recall, if you've been listening to my show for a while, several times I've had Larry Pratt on the show. Larry is the head of Gun Owners of America. And he and I are very close friends, have been for many, many years. And Larry's group joins with us usually in briefs involving Second Amendment questions. So we work to protect our constitutional freedoms and to protect our Constitution itself. We we're heavily involved in cases right now where we're representing individual veterans who are being denied their Second Amendment rights, basically being crushed by the federal government. We do all this without charging our clients anything. 
the veterans we represent, they and their families have, do not have to pay us a penny. What we do is very important. And we reach out to people like you, my listeners, to make donations to help us fund our operation. We don't have a lot of overhead. I have a very small staff. We pay our attorneys, but not nearly as much as they'd be earning in the open market. We pay the court costs so our clients don't have to. We pay the cost of printing. We pay the cost of depositions. All of this is based on the money that you donate to the United States Justice Foundation. You go to usjf.net, and you can click on the Donate button, and it will tell you how to make a donation, either over the Internet or where to mail one. We're a 501c3. We've been a 501c3 since we were formed 37 years ago which means that contributions to us are tax-deductible by you. So if, you know, we're coming on towards the end of the year. If you need some tax deductions, think about making us one of them. Think about making a sizable donation. I had a $10,000 donation come in not long ago. We've had bigger donations than that over the years. Right now, we're hurting because so many people are donating their money to presidential candidates, which is understandable. It's a heated race for the White House. But we still need to do our work. So many conservative organizations out there have seen their incomes drop off. It's happened to us. I don't get paid a big salary. The work I do is executive director. I make about the same amount of money every month as a entering level school teacher in Dallas, Texas. Maybe less. So consider donating. Especially consider the fact that we do have a lot of work to do and we're we're doing a lot of work. Check out our website. You can read my blog articles there. And you can subscribe through the my website itself or you can just send me an email but the web, my website where you can read my blog articles is Michael Connolly C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y dot Jigsy dot com J-I-G-S-Y Michael Connolly dot Jigsy dot com there you can find out about my credentials you can read my blog articles you can read, find out about the books I've written and how to order them, either through through me or through Amazon or some other place. The books make good Christmas presents, and the book about my dad's unit during World War II, The Mortarman, is becoming extremely popular, and it's selling a lot of books are being sold through Amazon and through me. Just got another five star rating yesterday on Amazon about the book. And by the way, and I need to share this with you too because this was tremendous. I talked on the phone the other night to one of the men I mentioned in that book. He was a medic with Company A, the 87th Chemical Mortar Battalion. He landed on Utah Beach 
He was in combat with the unit for the entire 326 straight days they were there in Europe. It was a delight to talk to this man. He thanked me for talking about the importance of the medics and what good work they did. He didn't need to be thanking me. I needed to be thanking him. (laughs) Excuse me. He helped save so many lives in the other medics. But see, what was happening is a lot of those men, and in the book I list all the members who, men who earned Purple Hearts, and there were many of them. But there are a lot of names not on that list that should be on that list. But a man would get injured in combat, and he would have to get treated by the medic. And if the wound was serious, he was supposed to be sent back to battalion aid, where they would treat him and sometimes send back to a division aid station, and they'd be treated. And then he'd be sent back into combat, but not necessarily to the 87th, to his own unit. So men would self-treat themselves or have the medics treat them and not report the fact that they had been wounded in combat. Because that was reported and they had to go back to battalion A. So they never got Purple Hearts. And they did it because they wanted to stay with their buddies. And that's how the American military is and has been, and hopefully still is. Although Obama is trying everything he can to turn our military into a, some kind of politically correct political party instead of a fighting force. Sorry about that. What clicked it off and on again. But I'm encouraging people to read that book because it's a remarkable story with a remarkable group of men, most of whom are dead now. And there's also my book, Alma Yaley, A Story of America, which has become a big seller. Uh, the left hates it because it's a patriotic novel. And by the way, I'm writing another novel right now that I hope to finish in the next couple of months and get published. And then I've got my book about Philmont Scout Ranch and the ghost stories out there, Boy Scout Ranch in New Mexico, and the kids love it. Uh, they, they enjoy that very much. And I've got my book, America's Liveliest Ghost. <laughs> and then I've got the booklet on the Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment to the Constitution, and I put them in there the way they were originally written. And then I have my comments about what it means. Those are great stocking stuffers. You can order those through my website, or you can go to uh, Constitution, www.constitution. Jigsy, dot com, and you can order a copy $6, make great stocking stuffers. A lot of people have already ordered them and told me they're doing it to give to their kids at Christmas so that they can learn about the Constitution because they're not being taught about it in school, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen. They're not being taught about the Constitution in the schools these days. They don't know the history of our country. They don't know about our Constitution. They don't know any of the things that they need to know. So, please support the United States Justice Foundation. Thank you for listening in today. 
go to my website, go to usjf.net. You need to contact me if you're a veteran about constitutional issues. Email me directly at michael at usjfmail, M-A-I-L, dot net. Remember, it's dot net, michael at usjfmail.net. Thank you for listening in. I look forward to talking to you again next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.